This episode is brought to you by Cheeky Maiden Soap Co. Cheeky Maiden is a family-run adventure dedicated to making earth-friendly products at people-friendly prices. So they offer some of the cleanest and most affordable body care and household cleaners available. And I love that all of these products, they're made using like the finest quality natural ingredients, including local, organic, and sustainable raw materials. And they make so many different products from household items, lip balms, deodorants, to soaps, although the soaps are my personal favorite. And I love that they are made without synthetic fragrances, that they are good for the skin, they're milder, they're more gentle than an industrial soap, so it doesn't like strip away my skin's natural oil or cause dryness or irritation. Plus, it is cruelty-free, and these products don't contain chemicals that are going to harm aquatic life or pollute water sources, which I think is so important when thinking about just buying your product. One of my favorite things about the soaps is actually the scents, and I feel like when I use them, I'm creating this like sensory experience in my shower because not only feels good on my skin but it smells so good right now i have this like citrus spice scent but i want to try the lavender eucalyptus one next and right now you can visit www.cheekymaidensoap.com and use code mindful15 for 15 percent off your next order that's cheekymaidensoap.com and code mindful15 Hello, everyone. Welcome to this freeform episode of the Mindful in Minutes podcast. I'm Kelly, and today we are going to talk all about holiday stress and simple ways to manage that stress and some of my favorite practices for this time of year and some of the more unique challenges that come up during the holiday season because who wants to be stressed? Not us. So full disclosure, I originally in my big master spreadsheet had a different topic planned for this week's freeform episode, but then I did a like topic request over on Instagram and so many of you requested holiday stress, like talking about holiday stress, meditations for holiday stress, and it just seems like it's on everyone's mind. So I was like, you know what, let's bump the other idea down a little bit later and let's talk about holiday stress. So one little quick announcement before we talk about stress, and this is a fun one, um, so don't fast forward, but I did put together a little gift for you guys. So you heard me talk about uh, my journal that's coming out, You Are Not Your Thoughts. It comes out on January 2nd. Um, but anyone that pre-orders, I'm going to give you a bonus meditation bundle. So I put together these five bonus uh, meditation audios that I'm just going to gift to anyone who pre-orders so you can get a little bit of that kind of anxiety relief while you're waiting for your journal to arrive. So in this bundle, there is a anxiety soothing yoga nidra practice, a um, quiet contemplation practice called your anxiety story, a 10 minute uh, panic attack meditation, a sleep peacefully meditation. So for evening anxiety, nightmares, that sort of stuff. And then a nervous system reset meditation. And that last one nervous nervous system reset I actually love that one so much that I didn't want to keep it just to myself. So I'm going to release that as Sunday's meditation. I just felt like it was really unique um, and different from what I'd normally done. 
so I wanted to share it with everyone. But the other four are exclusive to pre-order. So if you want to get that bundle, what you're going to do is you can go and pre-order You Are Not Your Thoughts. There's links to all the different places you can pre-order. It's literally anywhere, which is super cool. Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble, you know, all of the big book places and pre-order it screenshot your pre-order email it to me info at yoga and i'll respond to that email with a personal thank you for pre-ordering because i really do appreciate that so much the pre-orders is like that determines kind of where it charts sort of so like for example if you pre-order on amazon then when all of those go out and arrive to people on january 2nd then like if there's a good amount of pre-orders then it'll be kind of in like the amazon book charts and then that sometimes will help like new people discover the book so that's why you hear me talk about the pre-orders oh I just bumped my mic I don't know if you could hear that or not I got so excited I like karate chopped it on accident and then there's that special thank you of uh yeah of those five bonus meditations so if any of that speaks to you the information is in the show notes so with that being said Should we talk about stress? Should we dive into it? Uh, What I thought we could do today is talk about first, why are the holidays like so stressful to begin with? And then talk about kind of those different stressors that are somewhat unique to this time of year or tend to be elevated at this time of year. And then after that, I want to dive into kind of individual practices for those individual stressors and then end with some of my personal favorite practices right now uh, navigating this time of year. So sound like a plan? Cool. So let's talk about why the holidays are so stressful. (laughs) In theory, this time of year is supposed to be that time of like cheer and gratitude and, you know, holly jolly and all of that. But honestly, I, it's there's maybe moments of that, but I also think that this time of year is so, so stressful. There's just so much going on, and I've felt it kind of in myself of sort of, like, I just feel really kind of scattered lately, um, like spread thin and just kind of like, ah, oh, what's going on? And then when I heard from all of you that it's on your mind as well, I know that I'm not alone in feeling like, you know, the holidays can be a little bit tricky, like, There's moments that can be great, but there's also things that really can be stressful. So when I was sitting down and kind of reflecting and making notes on like, like what makes a holiday so stressful, I came up with a handful of things. So the first thing was high expectations. So I think that there can be these expectations for the holidays, for them to really be like joyous and magical and like everything to be perfect, kind of this like beautiful Hallmark channel, like experience where it's like it's snowing and then you go into like a bakery and fall in love and the baker actually has a castle in Ireland and now you're a queen or something like that and I think that we have these like expectations at this time of year that it needs to be like perfect that needs to be magical that needs to be joy that needs to be like this extra special experience, right? The quote, most wonderful time of the year. So we feel this pressure to create these perfect experiences to find like just the right gift to make everything picture perfect. And the thing is, is that perfection doesn't exist. So we're really trying to strive for the unattainable, which leads to stress, but it also just leads to 
being let down. Like if you're just striving to attain something that is completely unattainable, you're only setting yourself up for failure. And I think we really hype up the holidays as wanting it to be like just right, but we're really not having realistic expectations around that. So that was the first thing that came up is like just like these astronomical expectations. This is something that I felt like for myself personally, where I felt like, oh, it's the holidays. I should be doing all of this stuff. And then when I became a mom, then I now I'm really feeling it where I'm like, oh, I really want to make, you know, the holidays special for like Pork Chop and Poppy and, you know, do all these things. And I kind of find myself sort of, you know, falling into some of those high expectations again. And I think no matter like what stage of life you're at, you can sometimes have this like, you know, should shoulds around the holidays and that can be really stressful another thing is also like particular time constraints or a lack of time it feels like things just move so fast this time of year it's like blink and it's over and this season is filled with so many different things like shopping there's a lot of you know not only shopping like for gifts which sometimes I think can be like intentional shopping but also just like you know, a lot of noise and a lot of stuff. And I was just chatting with a friend just yesterday. I was like, I feel like I'm just like, I don't know, like, I'm just like this dog, like watching this like tennis ball, just like ping pong around. I don't know, that's not a good analogy. But I just feel like this like, uh, just, you know, looking everywhere, because there's all these different things that are going on, all these different sales or different promotions or this or that. And and I, I think it's just like really distracting me and really just drawing my attention and making my mind feel really scattered of like, ah, what's going on? And, you know, it's not to say that like those types of things are bad. Like I personally am doing, you know, a promotion on like my script shop and, you know, things like that. And and I don't think it's necessarily bad, but I think there's just so much going on right now that it just it can draw your attention in a million different places. So you're shopping, you're cooking, you're, you know, decorating things you're going to social events maybe your kids have things like there's all sorts of stuff and it feels like the calendar can be so full and overwhelming and you're just moving a million miles a minute and instead of being able to like enjoy these couple of things and like enjoying some of the fun aspects you feel like you're just flying from one place to another and it almost feels like a chore in a way so I think definitely like time and time constraints and like over scheduling leads to a lot of stress but then on the flip side there's loneliness which is something that I know many of us can feel during the holidays like for me there are times where I and I, I think I've talked about this before but and this is probably I don't know like before I really started like diving into this work, so my early 20s, late teens, early 20s, where, you know, sometimes you can feel lonely even when you're not alone. And it's like, you know, you can just feel like you're kind of on your own and, and life can feel lonely even if there's other people that are around you. But you also can feel lonely because maybe you're unable to be with loved ones or maybe you've experienced a loss and that's something that you're grieving or you're missing someone this time of year and that's something that I've had a lot of requests lately to talk about to do some kind of a freeform episode or meditation practice around um, grief and loss 
the reason I haven't, like, I've done some things like the meditation for difficult days, um, you know, so things around there, around like tough times, but I've never actually done one for grief or for loss. And the reason I haven't is because that's such a unique experience to each person. And so it's hard for me to kind of take that concept and to like apply it and package it up into this meditation. Um, but it's something that I know a lot of you are looking for or asking for. So I am going to sit with that and see if if something comes up and I feel like I have anything of value to share on that topic. But if you ever, like if there's something that you're requesting a lot and it doesn't pop up, it's usually because I don't feel like I have either the experience or um, like an idea or, or something of value to kind of contribute on that topic. So instead of just coming up with anything, um, I'll just wait until I feel like, you know, if I ever feel like I have something to contribute, I will. So for those of you that have been asking for that topic, know that I hear you. I see your requests. Um, I'm sitting with it, and um, there may be something that comes in the future, but that's why I haven't done anything on that yet. But anyways, if you are experiencing grief or loss or loneliness because of that this holiday season, which is really, really common, that can also feel extremely heavy and stressful and be really complicated, and that just makes things tricky this time of year. And then there's good old family dynamics. This I think is, yeah, this one's up there as, you know, one of like the, the big stressors. It's something that, you know, I mean, it's, it's a common trope for a reason where there's always, you know, whatever, someone's like drunk uncle who says something out of pocket or, you know, maybe there's just tricky dynamics in your family or whatever it is. The holidays can be a time for family gatherings, which can be great, but they also can bring family tension and conflict. And there's also sometimes this unspoken pressure to spend a lot of time with family members. And if there's any kind of like underlying issue or, you know, if people aren't respecting boundaries or whatever it is, this can cause conflict and this can cause a lot of stress for you because, you know, there's... Again, sometimes there's these unrealistic expectations. There is just, you know, wanting things to go a certain way. There's, you know, relationships can be hard. And the holidays don't make it any easier because I think there's this unspoken pressure to, like, spend time with family. And for some of us, that's just not a happy, safe, like, relaxing space. And that's all right. And But I think it's important to acknowledge that, like, that can contribute to a lot of stress. It's kind of that family dynamic. And then there's also financial pressure. Like the holidays usually involve increased spending on gifts, decorations, travel. Like financial strain is a real thing during this time. And I think it's important to note that. And, and that's not a bad thing. It's something that I think a lot of us can feel, especially like right now. You know, I mean, in this economy, it's... It's a lot. And and so I think that this time of year, it's, you know, I, I think the term is like consumer Christmas. If you're having a, quote, consumer Christmas, I've been seeing that term a lot lately. Um, you know, maybe opting out of consumer Christmas. But having that, that stress, that financial stress and, and pressure that's so real this time of year. And then I think that comparison plays a role in this too, 
right? Like comparison is a thief of joy. Social media can perpetuate this. You can see like these beautiful family photos is the image I get in my head of like just these beautiful like family photos. People are like on a Christmas tree farm and it's beautiful. Everyone's smiling. And you look at that and you're like, oh my gosh, look at that. Like beautiful image. But the thing is, is that they probably, well, I shouldn't say they probably, they may have like bickered the entire way or someone cried on the way there because they hated their outfit. Or like when we look at social media or we look at these reels, TikTok, whatever it is, I think it's important to remember that we're looking at a highlights reel or we're looking at a snapshot and not the full picture. But I think comparison can really add to some stress this time of year. And then the last two things when I was reflecting that I feel like kind of contribute to the holidays being so stressful is potentially travel stress. So traveling during the holidays can be hectic, can be crowds, a lot of people, weather stuff, logistical challenges. Also, for some people, like traveling is just really stressful. And you may be traveling and having a trip or having to get on an airplane or manage an airport or whatever it is can be really stressful this time of year. And then this is sort of the peak of, um, you know, what we call in our house sniffle cough season, <laughs> like runny nose sniffle cough season. And it's stressful if you're wanting to stay healthy and you're wanting to keep, you know, family members healthy. My 94-year-old grandpa, the one and only Grandpa Kenny, he is coming over for Thanksgiving at my house and we want to keep Grandpa Kenny healthy. On the flip side, baby Poppy, she's only a couple weeks old. We want to keep her healthy too. So I think that sometimes can add just a little extra layer of stress, um, you know, depending on who's coming over or, you know, what your health is or your family's health. And yeah, so that was my kind of brainstorm as to like, why are the holidays so stressful? Maybe you're experiencing one of these. Maybe you're experiencing a few of these. I hope you're not experiencing all of these, but you might be. And I think we all have our own particular kind of combination of like this holiday stress. And so I want to look at each of these stressors individually and share just a little bit of insight, but mostly share different practices that you can use depending on like what type of stressor you're experiencing. And then my hope with that is that we can put a few more tools kind of in our mindfulness toolbox. So as we navigate this season, if something pops up, if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm just moving, you know, a million miles an hour I've way overscheduled myself. You can think back to this episode and be like, okay, here's, you know, I can pull out this tool for my toolbox to help me just kind of like slow down a little bit. That's my hope with diving into each one individually. And yeah, let's do that. With your business, whether you're selling a little or you're selling a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. So whether you're at the just launching stage or maybe you're at the I just hit a million orders stage, wherever you're at, Shopify is there to help you grow. So maybe you are selling custom meditation cushions or maybe you are offering outdoor outfits. Whatever it is, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Plus, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Plus, you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And I remember when I was creating the Soul Guidance Meditation deck, at first I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to create a thing, but how the heck do I sell it on Line. And it's just so hard to figure out the logistics, but not with Shopify because their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. They make it so, so easy. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mindful, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mindful now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mindful. Now, I want to take a moment to interrupt this episode to tell you about Dose. Now, Dose creates expertly formulated organic wellness shots that support your liver in one delicious drink. So unlike other wellness shots, Dose does not contain things like standard juices or powders. Instead, it's formulated with organic herbs. It's vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, and has zero sugar. And all this is so important because when you think of your liver, you need to think of it as like your body's filter. So it's in charge of flushing out like unwanted elements and breaking down what you consume into essential nutrients. And I didn't know this, but the liver is responsible for over 500 functions daily. And I recently tried Dose for Your Liver, and it has things like turmeric, milk thistle, dandelion, orange, and ginger, which... I love kind of like that orangey ginger kind of flavor. Like I think it tastes really good. And I love how easy it is to just incorporate into my day. Just kind of take like this little shot and I know that I'm doing something good for my body. So if you want to give Dose a shot and invest in your health, Dose is offering Mindful in Minutes listeners 15% off your first order plus an additional 15% off if you subscribe for a monthly delivery. That's 30% off your first order. Go to dosedaily.co slash mindful and use code mindful. That's dosedaily.co slash mindful and use code mindful. Okay, so looking at expectations... I think if you're struggling with expectations, the first thing is to realize that perfection doesn't exist. You just have to do your best to release the expectations for perspective, for perfection. Why was that so hard? <laughs> I feel like my brain like glitched for a second. Do your best to release the expectations for perfection and just be honest with yourself about what a good holiday season would not only look like, but what it would feel like. So for expectations, the practice that I really like to do when I'm struggling with this is list making. So what I'll do, and this is like, you know, the exercise that you can try if you're struggling with this, is I like to take a piece of paper and split it into three columns. And then at the top, I'll write need, want, release. So the first column is need, second is want, and the third is labeled release. And then under each column, just kind of reflect on like, what do you actually need? And so you can apply this to anything when you're struggling with expectations. But if it's expectations around the holiday, maybe that's looking at like, what do I actually need for like a fulfilling holiday for me? And chances are that's probably a shorter list. So maybe it's like a day with your family. Maybe it's a cute Christmas tree, right? It can be anything. But think about what you actually need to feel like this was just like a good, fulfilling holiday for my heart. Then you can make a list of things that you want. So they don't have to be needs, but it could be like, oh, I want to have all the siblings together, or I want to have 
you know, a day away for New Year's Eve or whatever it is, things that are like, it would be nice if I had that, but it's certainly not a need. And that final column is going to be the release. So what are you ready to release around this season? So things that you don't need, things that you don't want, where you can just like let go of it. So maybe you put in there, maybe you put a person in there and you say, you know what, seeing this person during the holidays, it doesn't fulfill me. It doesn't, it's not serving my greatest and highest good. Maybe you put feeling guilty about not seeing family under that release kind of category. Really anything, right? What is it that you're just ready to release that is not a need? It's not a want. It's just like, you know what? I need to release that. Write it down in that release column. And then look at those three columns. And chances are the need is probably the shortest. And then maybe the want, but also maybe the release may be the longest. And so just looking at when we feel like, you know, we have all these things, all these thoughts in our mind, all these expectations, just categorize them between need, want, and release. I find this to be really helpful. Then when we look at time constraints, this one's a little bit tricky because sometimes once you've overscheduled yourself, it can be hard to kind of walk that back. But The first thing would be, you know, if you look at, I've talked about like a time audit before, you can kind of do a like a calendar audit where you're looking at your calendar and be like, is there anything that I can just kind of take off the list? Is there anything that is really not that big of a deal? It's fine if I, you know, if I just say, hey, I've overcommitted myself, I'm not going to be able to make it. Look at your schedule and be like, is, you know, are there any things here that I can just take off the calendar? because I'm feeling overwhelmed. So that would be first thing. Just look at it. You know, is there anything that I can kind of get rid of? But if you're feeling overwhelmed with all that's on your calendar still, then this is when you need to start carving out what I call sacred stillness time. So what that is, is like sacred time for you that you set out to just be still, to be quiet, to be alone, and to do something that serves your greatest and highest good. It does not have to be a long time. It can be 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but do it every single day. This is your kind of safe, sacred time. So sacred sacred stillness time, this can be your daily meditation practice. It could be journaling. It could be like maybe a little bit of movement, some yoga, maybe go for a walk outside, something where you can just kind of like release, you know, do your best not to be on your phone. Um, You know, if you're listening to a guided meditation, just hit play and then put the phone face down and just listen to it. Just doing a distraction-free few minutes every day, no exceptions. And think of the stillness piece and sacred stillness as like stillness in your environment, your heart and your mind. Not always necessarily that complete stillness in your body. Like I would include, you know, some movement in this to be perfectly fine for like your sacred stillness time. And I think about this like Zen proverb where it kind of goes something like this. Like basically, if you don't have time to meditate for one hour every day, you have to meditate for two. Basically, it's saying like if you feel like you're too busy to care for yourself, you need to double up on that self-care time. Now, I'm not saying that you need to be doing this for two hours. This could be if you feel like you don't have five minutes for yourself every single day, commit to giving yourself 10 minutes every single day. And it really does make a difference to have that little bit of time where you're hitting the pause button every single day and just doing something still and intentional for you. I find that this is like one of the best antidotes to feeling overwhelmed. And after you take that time for yourself, I think you'll find that you just have a little bit more clarity and a little bit more of that like 
stillness and tranquility that you can bring into the rest of your day. Now, loneliness. If you're experiencing loneliness, this is the perfect time to do some true self or soul work. So I talked about this a little bit earlier in the episode where, you know, I used to feel really lonely even when I was around people. But I realized that this was just because I wasn't, and I'm not saying this like minimize your feelings and to say, oh, if you're feeling lonely, this is like, you know, the way that you fix it. Loneliness is complex. It's just me personally, what I what I found within myself was that there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. And even though I was rarely alone, I found myself being lonely often. And it was because I wasn't connected to myself. So I started doing true self work and I started getting to know myself and treat myself better. And I found that once I got to know myself better and like became more connected to my true self that I rarely felt lonely because I was never really alone. I was with myself and that felt, you know, good and comfortable. And I kind of learned how to just be comfortable like in my own presence, whether that was in a room with no one else or in a room with uh, 50 people. So, and again, that's not, if you're feeling lonely, I'm not saying like, oh, you just don't know yourself. That just was kind of the big thing that I unlocked like for myself. So for practices working with loneliness and true self and self-work, I do love the true self or the soul specific like meditation practices. I've done some of them on this feed. I think that that's a really great time to just kind of turn inward, to get to know yourself better, to kind of fall in love with yourself or, um, you know, kind of build this connection with the self. But I also think that if you're kind of experiencing loneliness during this time, that this might be a fun time to I kind of think of it as like dating yourself or, you know, treating yourself to something fun. So doing what you want to do. This is actually one of my favorite things about solo traveling. It's one of the things I miss the most about solo traveling is going somewhere, maybe going to like a different city and just doing whatever I felt like doing because I didn't have to, you know, do anything that anyone else wanted to do. I could just be like, what seems like fun for me? And it felt a little uncomfy at first, like, you know, maybe going out to dinner by myself or, you know, doing these things totally on my own. But then it became really fun when I thought about it. It's like taking myself out on a little date, getting out of my comfort zone. So maybe if you're like, I want to go to a Christmas market, but I don't have anyone to go with. Go take yourself on a date there. Go by yourself. Maybe get your special little... I don't know, hot chocolate treat or whatever it is, like build your own little dream holiday experience day just for you to like treat yourself. If you're experiencing loneliness or loss or grief, this could be a time to go do something special to honor that someone that you're missing. I've also found that when working with um, loneliness, that letter writing is a really therapeutic practice, at least for me personally. So that could be writing a letter to the person that you're missing Um, you know, just letting the words kind of flow. It could be writing a letter to yourself or to your inner self or to your inner child. Um, You could also just write like an old school letter to a friend, like an old school like pen pal situation. Um, For whatever reason, I've just found letter writing exercises to be really therapeutic when working with like loneliness or missing or longing. So let me look at good old family dynamics. And when I think about family dynamic stress and how to ease that, there's a couple of practices that come to mind. And I will say picking the one that's right for you sort of depends on like what 
kind of family stress you're experiencing. But the first thing that I think about is boundaries. So kind of similar to the need, want, release list exercise, thinking about how can you protect your peace? So if you are going to spend time in tricky family dynamics and it's not an option to not go, maybe writing a little list of um, some boundaries that you will set for yourself. So maybe that's how long you will stay at someone's party. Or um, maybe it'll be not going to a certain gathering. Or maybe you set boundaries around what will be discussed. You could say something like, you know, politics are off the table at my house or whatever, something like that. Um, Whatever your boundaries are, you can make a list for like your own personal boundaries. And you can just do this through some quiet contemplation time. And I think it's important to remember because sometimes people will not respect your boundaries, which really sucks. <laughs> like, wouldn't it just be nice if people would just respect your healthy and reasonable boundaries? Um, but they don't always do that. And someone once told me this and it's always stuck with me and that's you know anyone who gets upset with you for setting boundaries was probably taking advantage of your lack of boundaries to begin with so people who respect you will respect your boundaries as well so keep that in mind so if people are not respecting that um, then they're not respecting you and people who truly love and respect you and they don't always have to agree with your boundaries but if they truly love and respect you they will also respect your boundaries as well so that's always stuck with me in my mind when I in moments of struggling to kind of hold boundaries and to set them I've also found that doing a few minutes of meditation before your family gathering just to quiet your mind kind of soothe your body kind of just get you to that more relaxed state at first can be really helpful and then doing some meditation after too so if they're gonna go and they're gonna you know activate that fight or flight they're gonna ramp up your nervous system and your stress levels then you know do something after like meditation or you know journaling whatever it is to kind of bring yourself back down from that activated state this is where i think the meditation the nervous system reset that i'm going to um, share on sunday is going to be really useful is that if you need to kind of reset that nervous system after feeling kind of activated um, or if you're feeling reactive i think you'll really enjoy that practice so a few minutes before the stressful interaction or gathering if you know it's coming and a few minutes after i have found has really helped to kind of just alleviate some of that pressure And then mantras are one of my favorite meditation tools when working with tricky family or relationship dynamics. So this is really powerful, I think, if you're especially working on something like specific. So you could repeat something like, I protect my peace and I find joy within. Or I find patience with, you can even say, you know, a person with whatever, my, this person. Um, You can use a mantra like, I honor my need for space, or I respect myself and I uphold my boundaries. Whatever it is, if you have like a specific thing you want to work on, putting that in a mantra and using that in your meditation can be really useful and powerful to kind of navigate some of the tricky family stuff. So then financial pressure, believe it or not, I do have some ideas on how you can use mindfulness to help support any financial pressure, stress. Uh, The first is that just practicing mindfulness can help you manage your stress in general, can help promote kind of awareness, reduce anxiety, and also encourage intentional decision-making. So if you're feeling like, ah, like scattered, or you're just feeling like, ah, I'm just like 
bye, 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 bye. And then you have that like buyer's remorse or regret. Like meditating and practicing mindfulness and being that objective observer can really kind of help you be intentional in other aspects of your life. So when you explore being intentional and kind of slowing things down in your practice, it then allows you to then be able to implement that in everyday life too. So being more intentional with your decision-making or your purchasing. Also gratitude practices. It helps to, you know, cultivating gratitude helps you to focus on what you have rather than what you lack or what you need. So this actually can be really useful if you're kind of feeling that pressure to like, buy and consume and just get like a lot of stuff so you know just writing a few things that you're grateful for a gratitude journal a gratitude meditation that can be really helpful to help you see what you already have as opposed to focusing on what you want or what you're lacking and then again kind of applying the principles of being intentional being an observer taking your time when it comes to a spending can be helpful considering long-term impact of your, you know, choices when spending, um, you know, taking time before making non-essential purchases. You can pause, you can reflect, kind of ask yourself, like I saw something pump up and it was not necessarily related to meditation, but it was again kind of talking about this like consumer Christmas and how you can opt out of it. And it was like, ask yourself, am I just buying this because it's on sale? And I don't know why, but that stuck with me. And I was like, you know what? I need to start implementing that for myself and be like, am I buying this because I need it or it's going to be a great gift for someone or, you know, it's useful or whatever. Am I just buying it because it's on sale? And so having kind of that intentional conscious uh, mindset when it comes to things and purchasing can be really helpful. And meditation can also be great for identifying different kind of triggers So for me, sometimes with my ADHD, I can be impulsive. So when I meditate and I practice being an objective observer, it can help me to see some of those um, triggers or some of those things that, you know, might make me just buy something impulsively. Um, And remember that we're always looking and observing ourselves without judgment. So that can be helpful too. So I think just like a gratitude practice and then practicing sort of that, um, being an observer, slowing down, being intentional like you would in a meditation practice, applying that to then our consumerism can be helpful. And then looking at comparison, and I do have an entire freeform episode on comparison. It's a couple of years old, but it's there. Um, I think the big thing about comparison is that comparison isn't always bad. You know, it can be something that's motivational or aspirational, but when you're using it, Like when you're using comparison to make yourself feel worse, like when we look at social media and it's not helpful and we're just feeling bad about ourselves, that's not so good because, you know, and and we all do it. We are truly, we are designed to compare ourselves to one another. Like we are designed that way. It is like a survival mechanism. We're wired to compare ourselves to one another. We're just, we are, we're designed that way. We're brought up that way. But it's important to remember that we're all on our own path. So if you are currently stuck in the wheel of comparison, I think the easiest way is to just get off that wheel altogether. So that's maybe looking like less time on social media, unfollowing anyone that isn't serving your greatest and highest good. You can mute them. Um, You can also look at your surroundings. What are you surrounding yourself in? So almost doing this like mindful sort of environment um, audit, right? Like, Like what? What am I comparing myself to? Who am I comparing myself to? Where am I seeing these things that are having 
me really get into this kind of comparison wheel that isn't serving me and is just causing a lot of stress. So I think that also that sacred stillness time that I talked about with like feeling overwhelmed and overscheduled, that can be useful here in comparison if you basically just swap some social media time for some sacred stillness time. It's a natural way to reduce some of that, just some of that content that we're consuming that may make us feel less than and is replacing it with something that can be really fulfilling and, um, you know, something that you can enjoy. And then the last one, the travel stress and the health stress, you're just going to do your best. So when it comes to health stress, we're just going to do our regular meditation practice, try to alleviate some of that stress and anxiety. Obviously, we're going to be, you know, responsible people. We're going to wash our hands and stuff. But remember that meditation also helps to boost your immune system, which is great. But other than that, I don't have a ton of tips other than just, you know, be good. Do, do use your best judgment. Um, but travel stress, this is something in particular. I know travel can be really stressful for a lot of people. I hear it a lot, people that are coming on retreats and, you know, one of the big things that people worry about or they're like, I don't know, I really want to come on the retreat, but traveling is just so stressful for me. I don't know if I want to do it. Um, a few ideas for that can be like if you're flying, can you preload some of your favorite meditations? Um, maybe you get that anxiety bundle and you have that like saved on your phone that you can listen to um you know not me plugging my own stuff but you could do something like that um you know download some of your favorite meditations or a certain playlist or is there like a certain breath technique that you like or a mantra that you like to use like kind of have your stress and anxiety for travel plan in place beforehand so that in those moments of stress then you can do something to kind of um, kind of walk away from that activated state and again maybe reflecting on what some of these anxiety triggers are so that you can make a plan for how to deal with them in the moment but then also maybe reduce them before they happen and then being patient and kind with yourself because it is stressful to travel. It is stressful to go through, you know, an airport on the holidays and like there's big crowds and things like that. So just be kind and patient with yourself. And then playing my favorite game, is it a truth or is it a thought? And so if you have something that's in your mind, a stressful thought, an anxious thought, and you ask yourself, you know, what is the likelihood of this coming true? Um, or is it just a thought that I'm having? So we have a lot of thoughts during the day, but not a lot of them are true so kind of challenging some of those thoughts and being like "Eh, how likely is that actually um you know like for example if i uh you know if you're worried about missing your flight and you're like oh my gosh i you know need to get to the airport six hours early in case i miss my flight you know ask yourself do i really need to if it's going to make you feel better to get there six hours early and that's going to alleviate your stress do that If that's not going to alleviate your stress, you can ask yourself, like, what is the likelihood if I leave my house six hours early that I will miss my flight? Probably not high. You can say, okay, can I actually leave three hours early or two hours early? Whatever it is, right? Just maybe looking, zooming out a little bit, looking a little bit more objectively and logically. Is this a thought that I'm having or is this an actual, like, truth that I'm experiencing? Those are kind of my thoughts on those common holiday stressors. And then just closing it out with some of my personal favorite holiday practices. I've really been enjoying doing short guided meditations um, to quiet my mind before bed. So I've been 
listening to some different practices. I have some, you know, my favorites and I have some that are safe, but I've also been like just trying out not anything that I'm ready to like recommend yet because I've only been like dabbling with like, you know, different like apps because I don't listen to my own meditations. I don't find it relaxing to listen to my own voice or my own like work. So dabbling a little bit, um, you know, I have some teachers that I really like their, their work. And so I've really been enjoying guided meditations at night to quiet my mind. I feel like I'm sleeping way better ever since doing that. Even just like a short, I have a handful of like ones that are about 10 minutes that I really like. And I just feel like even if I'm not sleeping a ton of hours because baby Poppy is waking me up and is hungry, I feel like when I am sleeping, it's good sleep. So I've really been enjoying that. And I feel like it's just setting me up for a little bit more success so that I'm sleeping better, which just makes everything better. And then mantras. I really do use mantras when I'm working with something specific. I find that to be really helpful, especially before, you know, tricky interactions or if there's something specific I'm trying to cultivate. And I've also been enjoying kind of creating cozy meditation environments. Like one thing that I do like about this season is kind of the coziness and like the twinkly lights and I love the smell of like Christmas trees. I don't know. Am I just like the most like basic like Midwestern mom out there? Maybe, but I really like it. And so kind of making this, taking that coziness and applying it to like my meditation or my sacred stillness time, I've really been enjoying it. Just, it feels like this fun little delight. So that's what I've been doing to kind of combat my holiday stress with also being, you know, kind and realistic with myself. So I hope that that helps you. I hope all of you that... When you were saying, I need help with holiday stress, I hope this helped you. I hope it's, you know, given you something to think about, some tools for your toolbox. And I hope that you love Sunday's meditation. Um, Go check out You Are Not Your Thoughts, the anxiety journal. And don't forget about that pre-order gift. And that's it. If you're here in the U.S., um, if you celebrate Thanksgiving, we have it coming up. Um... And I am grateful for you. I really am. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to keep you here for like five more minutes, although I could, but just know like one thing that I think about probably at least once a day is just like, I cannot believe all of you out there like listening to this podcast and letting me lead you through your meditation practice and just letting me share what I love and making it possible to just take the thing that I love that I'm passionate about and, you know, turn it into this. And it just means so much to me that you're here. So. That's what I'm grateful for this year. But that is it. I hope you have a beautiful day and thank you so much for being here and and joining me.